if you want my um, Athlon X2 64 6000 Plus, which is a dual core 3 gig processor, you can have it. Like, just have it? Uh, yeah, just have it. Shit, motherfucker, <clears throat> start some money out that bitch. He live in Boston, he rich. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> My name is Fireman, Pete Fireman. <laughs> Welcome to episode 183 of the TryGames.net podcast. I am here with Al, straight back from the Dominican Republic, and Pete the Fireman. No, I'm sorry, Pete Fireman. Is that your name now, Pete Fireman? Look, just because you want my hose doesn't make Ooh, me a I fireman. like your hose. I'm talking ah, about the, the many hose, not the, you know, the, the long hose, which would, yeah. Oh. Um, Peter sure. Fireman, that's my porn name. <laughs> it's uh, July 24th. It is four days after somebody's birthday. Uh, I'm going to announce who it is, but first, I'm your host, Austin. Uh, this is the Try Games on It podcast. We talk about games and apparently fire hoses. Uh, but who turned 55 four days ago, Al? Fuck, Al. You turned 55? Morgan Freeman. Morgan oh. Freeman turned 55 five days ago. No, he didn't. Oh, my. It was me. You turned 55? Shit. No, I didn't turn 55. I turned 30. Oh, the big 369. Welcome to the age of uh, balditude. Except that you have all your hair and that's admirable. Thank you. Thank you very much. Meanwhile, my hairline's receding. But Pete's dyed his hair black, didn't he? Yeah. Is it still black? Yeah. Still wearing (laughs) a choker? But no, I'm not wearing a choker. Are you wearing a dog leash? (laughs) Alice is scary. Are you wearing eyeliner? (laughs) Ew. Al, is it scary being 30? No. Scary wearing eyeliner. I'm still a damn kid. You know that. Okay. I might be a kid. Even when I'm, I'm scared of turning 30. And I still got Don't a little be. over a year. Don't be. <laughs> Embrace it. Because it feels exactly the same as it feels right now. It's 30 the new 15. <laughs> the kid in me likes the 30 is the new 18. Oh, okay. <laughs> 15 is too young. But the adult in me likes the kid in me. What? Whoa. What? <laughs> What, huh? I mean, mini wheats. Uh, sure. Al just got back from the Dominican Republic. Um, so, what kind of what balloons do did they do have in there? Dominican Republic. What kind of balloons? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you mean by balloons? Oh, you know what I mean. Pinatas. Talking about double D's. What? Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, edible. Edible. There, there was a lot of uh, balloons out there, but <laughs> Ariola, there were a lot of tourist <laughs> balloons. Like people from other countries decided to, you know, either have children or invest in a pair of balloons and surgery. But it was good. Um, it just rained a lot in Dominican Republic, and I took advantage of some of that rainy time to uh, play some Dragon Quest Nine, which is pretty much all I've been playing this week. Ah, I see. That's a shame. Whoosh! I think since we had a week off, uh. We had a lot of things that everyone's been playing. So I'm going to switch it up and start off with uh, the, the bag of mails or the mail bag or the coin purse as it's alternatively known. Coin um, purse. We had one person write in to tell us about what Pete should buy for his PC. And that one person is the person who loves dinosaur, That's Maurice. So oh, fuck the rest of you guys. And the person who loves Bo dinosaur. For actually writing in. 
Yes, so. Thank you, Mo, for letting me know. By the way, though, you I, I don't know what you wrote in the email, but the thing you sent to me directly was about a sale. And, like, I couldn't jump on it. But thanks for the effort. E for effort. Okay, so here's what I'm using. It raped Borderlands face and including the Neoeg.com item numbers. So now you have item numbers to look for. So um, you don't need a case, right? Or, well, it depends on if you... If yeah, you depending on what I need. Because, like, oh. I think this case might only fit a... I don't know if it fits a micro AT micro ATX is the no, right. You definitely word, need right? at least a mid tower. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what size this case can fit because it's a fucking what is it? It's an HP case or something that was pre built that I ripped everything out of and put stuff mm. back in. You're probably gonna have to buy another case because those H like HP Dell and all that other stuff. Yeah, they're like they customized like, cases. Yeah. Yeah, they fit like boards that are shape of an S or something like that. Yeah. Either way, I had one new tower anyway. So it but looks like, like the, I could buy like the cheapest, ugliest tower. I don't need fucking yeah, it's like thirty bucks lighting and shit in my tower. <laughs> <laughs> lightning, wind. <laughs> uh, well, let, let me let me take a look at this. So let me get out the calculator. I do um, want wind in my tower. Yes, yes cheap. Never mind. One thirty. Maybe some water too, so, but that's expensive. Mm. No fire. No fire at all. No melties. So. Mo's uh Mo's setup comes out to eight eighty, which is eighty over your budget. However, you don't need everything in here, so you should be all right. And plus, I'm sure prices have uh decreased since then. So let's see. He suggests that you get a um well, the hard drive is minus seventy bucks already, so you don't need the hard drive. How much storage do you have? Three hundred. You you're you're pretty decent for now. Okay, so uh he recommends uh a Phenom two. 945 Denim. You said that's the one you have, Al, right? That's the one I have now, yes. And one. if you wanted to buy a processor, I would say get that one. But is it good sex? Is, it is. But the only problem is that uh, oh. it's like the ultimate borderline right now. You could probably, if if you were able to forego getting some other stuff, which aren't, but I'm just saying this theoretically, you should go for a 6-core. But uh, the Phenom 2 945 is a great deal if you can get it for like 160 or less. You well, got, That's what you got it for, right, Al? I got it for 164. Okay. The uh, the thing is that like, uh, I won't actually be able to probably start buying parts until like I was going to start say The reason why I said like within six to eight months is because I'll be saving over the right. next couple months and I'll right. start buying parts until after well, I, I... Yeah, this will give I you a I don't want to buy anything until after October because I got a wedding in October that I got to go to. Oh. And that's more important but then any after that when i come back then i'll start then i'll be like fuck let's build a computer yeah so you may want to take a look at the six cores then to see how much they've dropped in the price yeah although what you were talking what we were talking about pre-recording may actually bump my computer plants up to before to (laughs) (laughs) pre-wedding well yeah that's true so but uh yeah like if i end up if i do end up going with something that's uh like more expensive and like trying to like i don't know quote unquote future proof which is impossible with a computer but you yeah, know what totally i mean totally impossible <laughs> um but get then, you into uh, that sweet spot where like as long as you can play crisis you know you can play everything else yeah right pretty much and i was also going to say if you get a board that supports a six core as well as like a dual and a quad core then you're set yeah see that's the thing is i'd rather get the board to be able to just like right be up like upgradable the most yeah <laughs> And see, my board is really old, but BIOS updates allow me to use this chip. This is like the best chip I can use for it now, and it's the tip of the iceberg for um, 
quad core going into six core. Well, how is everything that you're playing now running? Because I mean, like, yeah, I know you just played Borderlands and stuff. How is it running for you? Yeah, Borderlands runs I mean, like thirty, and it's really well. It's not hitchy, and I got VSync on now, so it plays really well. And Crisis runs between twenty-seven and thirty-five, or something like that, depending on what I'm looking at. And that's with two GeForce eighty-eight hundred GTs. Mm. So, um, and I have two gigs of well, three gigs of RAM now, and I'm using Vista, which I'm pretty sure if I was using Windows Seven or XP, it would probably be a little bit easier on my gaming. Yeah, Vista takes up like I'm, I'm right now. I have Skype in the audio recorder and Gmail in Google Chrome, and it's forty-eight percent of my RAM. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, on yeah. the motherboard thing, as long as it's a socket AM3, uh, you can run a four-core or six-core, so you're versatile there. Yeah. So you should be fine. Uh, the one that Mo recommends is, I believe, an a- yeah, it's an AM3. So like, I-, I think what they did was they standardized the-, the-, the socket so that people wouldn't have to worry about that. So you're yeah, fine. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, for video, Mo says a he, it looks like he has one Radeon 4890, which I believe is... Uh, I don't know if it does I'm DirectX 11. I'm not a fan of ATI. Um, let's see. Well, then the equi- I don't know what the equivalent would be. Um, well, you know me. I've I've used uh, both. Uh, I honestly, at this point, uh, there is very little difference. But I haven't used ATI's Crossfire. I've only used uh, Nvidia's SLI. So I have no idea how that works. Uh, back when I was a single card person, I always used ATI though. Um, really? And I, I had no problem with them whatsoever. I mean, I they- don't know. Like I, I don't know. I just always I've always used Nvidia and like people I've always spoke with who like build computers and stuff speak highly of Nvidia over ATI I mean, and stuff. They're, so, they're the popular I mean, choice. It doesn't make them better, but they're definitely more popular. And you know you have all the whole Nvidia the way it's meant to be played logo on there. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. No, I know. I'm not like I'm not falling subdued or like you know I'm not like falling for advertising or anything. I'm just like going off of what I've always been told. <laughs> Well, I mean, here I'm telling you now that both of them are just fine. I mean, either or. And I'll, the the one thing actually that pissed me off about Nvidia is that when I tried to play Oblivion, I think it was um, with HDR lighting and anti-aliasing. Nvidia's cards could not do that, and ATI's could. So really? that pissed me off. Um, yeah, there's something about the way the Nvidia cards are made. They are really good for one type of processing, whereas ATI is good for another type, which is weird. I don't know if it's still like that today, but it was like that a couple of years ago. It used to be that way. Uh, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's it's really like it's really nitpicky now. All, honestly, like, like it, it all comes down to the driver support and how how you how um how well accustomed you are to one thing over the other. So when I made the switch to Nvidia, I was deathly scared. I was like, I I I've never used their drivers before. I've never used you know I, I've never um messed around with their configs before, and I I. Don't like because I was comfortable. I've been using ATI for the better part of like eight years, you know. So I was like, I'm comfortable with these guys. I know how their driver updates work. I know how their software works, um, and like it, it, I know how it looks. So and, and that's the thing, you know. I moved to these drivers and it's like, okay, this isn't so bad. But then I tried to play Oblivion and it's like, what, you know? Like if if the it, it's it's not even a an issue of one type of processing over the other. It was the fact that like ATI could run two special effects at a time. Not not at a time, but two the two special effects in question could not be run simultaneously with my Nvidia card, and I'm like, why is that the case? Like, why would anybody ever do that? You know, it's not like they did it on purpose, but it's like, 
I don't know. I, and and I should have listened to the benchmark warnings. Like I was I was reading all these articles, and they're like, you can't. We can't run Oblivion with two things on on at the same time. So just beware. And I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. I'm sure that they'll figure it out with like a new driver thing by the time I buy it, because I'm not gonna buy it for another year. I'll be fine. And I bought it, and it didn't work. So I kind of <laughs> cried. And then I stopped crying, and I threw my card out the window. <laughs> and then I got it back and installed it, and it works just fine. So if you want to throw your cards out the window off off of an 18 story ledge and then go downstairs and pick it up. If you buy NVIDIA, it will work. If you buy ATI, it will not. That's a <laughs> complete lie. Um, but, uh, okay, so I think the key here is that he got a very, very good card for around $200. So you, that's kind of the sweet spot here. Um, but so for anyone else who does like ATI, uh, the one that he has is an HD 4890 with Crossfire support. I believe it's the one gigabyte version. So, you know, he could drop in a second one whenever he needs to. Um, He's got four gigs of, gigs of RAM. I'm assuming he's running Vista or Windows 7 because I don't think XP... Is it that XP can't run four gigs or it can't run eight gigs, Al? It's just that um, any 32-bit OS won't recognize 33 gigs or over. Oh, okay. So then why the hell... So he's running he... a 64-bit OS. Either that or, or he just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty Which sure that... No well, it, it could just be the fact that like it's two sticks of two. Well, it is. It's two sticks of two, so he has no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Either way, that's fine. And you need a good power supply, of course. Um, so right there, he lists the 620 watt. Yeah, I think mine's like 600 greater. So, um, again, AM3 motherboard. Uh, since you don't like ATI. Well, uh, no, I mean, I mean, depending on cost, I mean, I might be willing to uh, rescind my former stance. <laughs> uh, yeah, at this point, it, it's safe to. I mean, really, Just, like... I think the biggest consideration you have to make is if you're going to go with one, stick with it because um, like you were talking about the motherboard before, I, you know, I, I think motherboards are still either crossfire or SLI. Like they still yeah, haven't, they, they still haven't crossbred, you know? So yeah. that, that's the, the, the more important choice to, you have to make when considering the motherboard because the, the CPU slots are all, they're fine. Yeah. In addition, I would have to say that most of the AMD boards are Crossfire because AMD, AMD now owns it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. So, but they do sell AMD like Asus boards. Mostly are SLI. Right. Right. It's so weird. Like AMD had this relationship with Nvidia where they, you know, where where AMD would would, would go to town and like have have great support for the um for the Enforce chipsets and vice versa, and then it mm-hmm. goes out and buys ATI. Yeah. It's, so Nvidia, Nvidia's like, like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> so funny. Oh, fine, we'll let Intel buy us. Or not really. So <laughs> thanks, Mo, for being the only one who wrote in about this tech stuff. I guess everyone else is too stupid to know about tech. But that's all right. You go keep playing your FPSs with dual analog sticks. We'll be using a mouse. Thank you very much. Anyway, another email from True32000. I forgot what your handle is on GameSpot. Let me find it because I think I know you from GameSpot, and I don't want to get your handle wrong. Um, and almost read your email address to people, which I didn't end up doing. Um, and I cannot find you. Where are you? <laughs> I, all right, I'm going to just call you True32000 because that's what your that's what your handle looks like here. Um, and I know I know you from Gamespot, so I apologize. But he asks, "What do you guys think of Cyberpunk? Do you think more games should follow the theme? If so, why don't many games follow it?" P.S. As an example of Cyberpunk, you could look to Blade Runner, Deus Ex, maybe Mass Effect. Lots of techno wires and pretty colors in utopian, I think he means dystopian, but either or could work, environments, plus some cybernetics and high tech. 
Um, why doesn't the kid with the dyed hair go first? Since he's obviously a cyberpunk. Word. I'm too busy tripping on balls right now. Tripping on balls? What? Ew. Tripping balls off? Ew. What? You I don't know. Balls? Fucking drug lingo. Red balls. Oh. Red balls. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, totally. I definitely like cyberpunk uh, atmosphere. Although, like, you know, after the Matrix, I kind of like everyone's like, eh, let's not do this anymore. Um, I think Shadowrun on the SNES was could kind of be considered cyberpunk, even though yes. like Shadowrun itself, like the universe of Shadowrun, is more actual steampunk. Um, is it? I thought a lot of it was was uh, was te- technological. The tabletop role playing game, like pen and paper RPG, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, had a lot of steampunk stuff in it. It's been a long time yeah, since I played what, that. Like, uh, I I never played it, but like I watched people play it like in the other room. While I was not, while I was playing something else. Well, you were too cool. No, I wasn't too cool. I was playing the regular fucking D and D when I was like in fifth grade. <laughs> so no, I wasn't that cool. Um, but no, I mean, like I, I could have sworn that they had like hackers and stuff as well. Yeah, no, they do. But I think it's got like okay, it's like a mix of cyberpunk and steampunk. Yeah. I, I swear, I remember there being steampunk stuff in there as well. To me, steampunk is like Wild Wild West, which is a terrible movie, and Final Fantasy VI. Well, steampunk is just like a sci-fi universe that's built off of like a lot of like steam energy. Where cyberpunk is still like it's almost modern, but like gone to well, the yeah. technological extreme. Yeah. Um. So that's what I'm saying is I'm pretty sure in the realm of shadow, shadow. No, what the hell? Shadow run. Shadow run. Shadow run. Run 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 run. That some of the races actually used. Uh, Steam technology, so maybe that's where I'm remembering it from. Someone who actually would remember correctly can write in and tell me if I'm wrong. Of course, nobody will write in anyway. Somebody write in and tell us if Cyberpunk is Shadowrun or if it's Steampunk. Uh, Mailbag uh, at TryGames.net. What's that again? Yeah, Mailbag at TryGames.net. Mailbag at TryGames.net. Mailbag at TryGames.net. The other... um, Oh, shit. Let me finish finish answering this real quick. The only problem I have with Cyberpunk is that, like, like the most recent one I played would have been, you know, Deus Ex, and I felt that, you know, like I said, I felt that it was really dark. Um, and a, a cyberpunk tends to try to give off that atmosphere where there's a lot of blacks and blues, and like, unless you're like in a city where there's lots of neons, it's really dark. And I don't know, maybe it's my old feeble eyes that like prefer to have some I color. Can't see anything? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but I do like the cyberpunk universes. Universe I? Universal? Universe I. No. Universes. Universes are fine. Univ. <laughs> How do you guys feel about Cyberpunk? Answer this question real quick before you go into the live question. Um, well, based on the games that I like, I suppose it's fine. I, I like Deus Ex a lot. Um, what else had Cyberpunk that I played? Um, I'm sure it's out there. But, I mean, I, would... Uh, would you consider Final Fantasy VII cyberpunk-ish? Because some people tried to lump it in there, and I just don't, like, I, I'm not really well-versed in, like, what... I don't really think it is, because, like, the only world that can be kind of considered cyberpunk is Midgard. Midgard, and yeah. The rest of it is just regular Yeah, that's a good fantasy, point. Um, which was very jarring. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess... um. And I don't know if I would necessarily say that Mass Effect is cyberpunk as much as it is just like, um, what would you call it? Uh, just, you know, space. 
Yeah, yeah space, does, space office. Sounds like more like Star Wars. And Star Wars yeah. isn't Cyberpunk. Says you. Think. Yeah, it says me. Says you. Um, I'm I don't know. See, what I mean, I um, I don't know. I feel like um. Oh, oh wait. Would would Fallout be Cyberpunk-ish? Probably. Nah. Mm. Fallout, Fallout, Fallout Three. A- a- any of those? No, because it's too rooted in like fifties, you know, era, um, like te- technology and like uh, like aesthetics and stuff. Oh, uh, because well, the technology is uh, everything went back instead of like everything yeah, he, still progressing. All the technology went backwards. Kind of, yeah. It's like it's in the future, but uh, everything's stuck in the past. Oh, but, like, Borderlands. Progressed. Borderlands. Would you consider that Cyberpunk? I didn't play enough of it to really get a feel of it, but I would say, like, I don't know. That seems, I don't know. Cyberpunk to me, I think cities. I see. I think like sleek and you know like techno raves and shit. Um, techno raves. Like when it's like out there, like dirty, dusty. I don't know. It's like something about like oh. something about actual like earthiness of it makes it seem not cyberpunk to me. How about Necronox? Ooh, that's a good. That's I never played that. Cyberpunk. Well, I don't often play it. I need to start playing that again. It and my CD broke, so I don't think I can play it anymore. But um, that game was like, you know, lots of technology and uh, cities. Not really, it's like big cities, but they were all like, you know, neon lights and spacey kind of, not spacey, but like high tech it, it wasn't very earthy. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking on Wikipedia.org for what the definition of cyberpunk is. Yeah, why not? I was I, I was I was gonna do that too, but you go ahead and do that. Why did I say .org? Like, why did I have to add that part in? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the official. What is it. wrong with me? Lots. You're wearing a choker. That's what. A mascara. <laughs> Dude, I don't wear that stuff anymore. <laughs> anymore? I mean, she did. <laughs> yes, it's I already that one time. We talked about, talk about it last week or whatever that I do. That I oh. did. <laughs> Fuck. Cyberpunk is a science fiction genre noted for its focus on high tech and low life. The name is a portmanteau of cybernetics and punk and was originally coined by Bruce blah, 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 blah. It features advanced science, such as information technology and cybernetics, coupled with a degree of breakdown and radical change in the social order. Uh, cyberpunk works as well situated in postmodern literature. It doesn't really say... It de- we'll see it deals with hackers, artificial intelligence, mega corporations, and tend to be set in a near future Earth um, rather than far future settings or collective pieces, blah, 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 like Dune, blah, 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 blah. The settings are usually post-industrial dystopians, dy- dystopias, but I tend... Yeah, see, it doesn't really... I don't think Fallout would fall into this stuff. Well, it is kind of dystopian, I think, but it's not... See, I, I, don't, know, I, don't, know the, I don't know the tech in Fallout. And I, I think th- once you hit the apocalypse or the proverbial apocalypse, it can no longer be... Cyberpunk. It's just oh, shit. Technology is gone <laughs> in an apocalypse. Yeah, Julie. Cybernetics and punk. Bruce Beth. We'll call we'll call Fallout apocalyptic punk. A, a punk. That, that's my apocalypse. <laughs> that's my uh, it, that's my new aim name. Fifties punk. Huh. So yeah, I I I feel like I I, I would I would put Borderlands in there, even though it's kind of dusty, because in terms of like. You know, there's a lot of AI. You know, there's there's a lot of tech in there. It's like, um, it's dystopian. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I that, that's just what I see. Um, but as far as the uh, genre is concerned, do I like it? Do I want to see it more? I don't feel any 
particular way, which one, one which way over the other. Um, that sentence made no sense. Let me start again. I don't <laughs> have any preference towards or against it. Um, I would say that uh, um, I, I, I'm kind of with, uh, with Pete in that, you know, when it's too dreary, it can kind of get less exciting and just, you know, eh. Um, like, for example, and, and this isn't cyberpunk, but just the aesthetic of it. When I played Gears of War on the 360 and, you know, Cliffy B went off on his all bullshit about destroyed beauty and we muted the colors and whatever. Yeah, it looked great. But when I bought it on PC, I immediately turned on the filter that added a lot of intense color to it. And I enjoy I, I enjoy looking at that Gears of War much more. And it still looks broken and, and dirty and, and dingy and disgusting. It's just more naturally colored. It, you know, it's it's more vibrant. So you you don't have to do you know you don't have to tear everything down. Deus Ex, like I was always saying, is a very terrible looking game, like in my opinion. Um, and you know most of that's because of the engine and the way they used it, but part of it's because of the aesthetic they use. And 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 Pete, I don't know how far you've gotten into it, but um, well, how far are you into it? I have When's to restart because I the last time I played was before my oh, uh, reformat. Before reformat. Dun dun dun. Green giant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a jerk. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's very the colors are all very very much the same. They're all silver, blue, brown, black, and it's you know, it's it's just very dingy. Um, the game is great, you know. Obviously, I, I love that game to pieces, and so obviously, it's not that important what the setting is, but like, it it, it does wear on you. Um, at the same time, like you know, like you said, Pete, with the Matrix, I think what the Matrix did was was bring out. Um, everything that's kind of cool about cyberpunk to, to the mainstream. And so like all those little elements are, are things that I've always liked about it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I that's that I'd, I'd have to think about it. Do I want to see more cyberpunk games and what should they I'm do? I'm still waiting know. for a good blade runner esque MMO. Cause mm. there was one that was some German game. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a, it's not I think it was a free to play or whatever, but it was like, it was old and terrible and not very good. Al, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think? Um. Well, I I like everything. So <laughs> you like you like Barbie dolls? Okay. Yeah, like Barbie dolls are cool and stuff. No. Um. But Cyberpunk, I don't really have a problem with Cyberpunk because um, there's lots of good things that can develop from a Cyberpunk theme. And um, do I think that more games should follow the theme? Well, there aren't enough because we can't even like name many uh and why can't we name many well hmm it could be because it's a it could be a niche genre you know it's not really something that is very mainstream like matrix is like the only movie that is really kind of you know what got you know what out. we have that can help us well the internet so while you talk i'm gonna go look up you gotta look up a list of games of uh, that cyberpunk. are yeah. cyberpunk okay um but I think that it would be cool to have more games that are like based in high tech, where you have like high tech weaponry, and you have a whole bunch of people who have nothing and are all fucked up and fucked up towns, but they're like fuck flying me, in the fuck, air. Fuck, 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 fucked up. What? Yeah, exactly. And you gotta go and like rebel against the government, and you find that the government is just a computer, and the meaning of the world, the meaning of life is seventy two, and I don't know. I'm thinking about a game right now, um, Beneath the Steel Sky, which is like really old. I played when I was fourteen, fifteen. But um it that was kind of like a cyberpunk game, I think. And you had to figure out some shit. I think it was like a about a, a 
not a world, but like a city that was under a steel plate, something like that. Everything was all like high tech, but fucked up. Kind of like Midgar, which is a, which is under a steel pizza. Exactly under a steel pizza. Wait, Except I totally wasn't paying just... attention because I was looking at Twitter. Are you talking about Beneath the Steel Sky? Yes, that was like that was almost a uh, Brave New World esque world. Yeah, it's like, it was. Yeah, like you had the 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 civilized people living in their utopia and outside of that. I don't. I don't think it actually was. I don't know if it was actually. No, yeah, I guess it was. It was like a, a quote unquote floating city where like everything was high rise, but I don't think it was like underneath. Like unless you count like the the um the natives or like you know the what the fuck is the word I'm looking for like indigenous the the, the people that are not civilized oh whatever. the fucked up people they weren't really <laughs> they, just, they just were considered not civilized by the people living in the city but they would I guess technically live underneath the city so I think that's why it's like beneath the, the steel sky right the ones who were living in like the sewers and shit the ninja turtles exactly um. You keep talking. I'm going to try to remember this word that I'm thinking of, and I'm going to be like, oh, oh. Okay, so list of computer and video games that are cyberpunk in chronological order from oldest to newest. Yeah, there aren't that many. So Blade Runner, Neuromancer, Snatcher. Mm, Snatcher. Hideo Kojima. Flashback, Bloodnet, Syndicate. which I mm, Yeah, Syndicate. And then what you said, Beneath the Steel Sky, Burn Cycle, Delta 5, Hell, a cyberpunk thriller. System I played that. System Shock? Yeah, System Shock. Would that be Cyberpunk or Space? I don't know. Okay, so System Shock, System Shock 2, Cyber Mage, Dark Light Awakening, Johnny Mnemonic, the interactive action movie. Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, Blade Runner again in 1997, which was released for uh, PC by Westwood. Yeah. I guess it was an adventure game. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got AI Wars the Awakening, uh, Deus Ex, Deus Ex Invisible War, and then Human Revolution, which is coming out this year. Uh, Uplink, which you were telling me about, Pete. The hacker game. Neocron and its sequel. Enter the Matrix, which I don't know if that really counts. Uh, I mean, it counts, but it doesn't. Yeah. Dystopia. Um, yeah, it is a game called Dystopia. Which was actually a, uh, a source mod. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The Matrix Online, The Matrix Path of Neo, System Rush, Shadowrun, um, Bioshock, and Bioshock 2. I... I wouldn't say I that's fifties. Isn't that so, yeah, like that that kind of falls into that like almost fallout style. Yeah, I don't but... you know, or steam ish almost. Yeah. I mean I, I guess I mean I, I I think they're being a bit looser with their definition of cyberpunk than we are. Yeah, and then they put they put Shadowrun in the in the role playing games. And then there's a role playing game called well, like I said, Cyber- I think sh- Cyberpunk twenty twenty. I wonder if that's cyberpunk. I wonder which Shadowrun they're talking about too. Hopefully the actual SNES one. But uh, that one, I, when they said when they said role playing games, they're talking specifically about tabletops. Oh, because they separated that out from. Um, oh, I see. They're talking about role. Okay. Yes. Oh, but the shadow run that they referenced in the video game list is uh, the shitty Xbox 361. Are you serious? Ah, boo. And they didn't. They didn't bring up uh, Nakanox. Yeah, I. But I mean, no the fact that I was bastards. able to read that list within like a minute or two. You're right. They're not many cyber, uh, cyberpunk games. Um, no. That they're not actually, like steampunk like games either, to be quite honest. Yeah. I have an those RPG that I have not a lot played more. That, that I've had for like years that is steampunk and I haven't played that. One game Isn't is that. Wild Arms supposed to be steampunk? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like Western. Yeah. Um, steampunk. What, what game is it? Uh, uh, Arcanum. Mm, never heard of it. PC RPG. <laughs> it got high marks in PC Gamer and this is back when I just blindly like 
bought anything that was 90% or more. Um, mm-hmm. So I went ahead and bought it. And then I read the GameSpot review and it get like, got like a 7. I was like, oh, I should have read around first. Um, we should move on to Edgy's question. Nah, let's just end the podcast. <laughs> Edgy's question. How much time do you get? Do you give the game to hook you in in order to keep playing it? I feel like this was a uh, question that was asked before. I can answer it real quick. Maybe in a different context. How much time do I give this question to hook me in before I don't answer it? Ouch! Oh, that's cold. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but personally, like I've definitely gotten down to where it's like a game better hook me in in like five minutes. Like especially with my iPhone. If I'm playing an iPhone app, if it hasn't hooked me in in like five minutes, I will instantly delete it. Whereas like uh, games in like the Xbox or computer, like, you know, like to Steam or whatever, if I download a demo, I will usually try to play the demo to completion um, and see how I feel about it. But during the big Steam sale, when I play the demos for things like Titan Quest and uh, that King's Bounty or whatever, like those I actually literally gave like five, ten minutes and just knew within that like five, ten minutes that this is not a game I'm going to play. Right. So. I mean, once I, if I reach that decision, whether it be five minutes or the entire demo, like, I mean, yeah. But generally with most games, like I said, I try to decide within the first, like, five to ten minutes. Um, it, it's a question that I cannot answer um, with, a, with the universal answer because I, I think it's impossible. Um, it depends on the situation I'm in. It depends on what type of game it is. It depends on what I'm expecting from it at the time, which I guess is the same thing as being in a certain situation. Um, I know that Gabe on Penny Arcade has always said, if a game can't hook me within the first X amount of time, why should I bother with it? And that's a philosophy that I wholeheartedly disagree with. Um, like that's, that's, you're basically, um, I don't, I I don't know what the word for it is, but it's just like. He's judging a game by its introduction. Yeah. And I think that's totally wrong. At the same time, there are some games that simply put you off, you know? And it's like, it's kind of an intangible thing. Like, um. For instance, I um, so when I started playing Borderlands, okay, um, I had some time. I sat down with it and I went through it, and I'm really enjoying it. When I first started playing Twilight Princess, which is a game that I absolutely adore, um, I don't think I had a lot of time. Like I was kind of like, I think I started playing it when I was at work, and like I just didn't have the the amount of time to 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 sink into it on that particular day. And I was like, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through this stupid town. I don't want to wear this stupid tunic. I don't want to herd these stupid ass sheep. This is a shitty game. I hate it. You know? And then I came back later and I was like, all right, let me actually sit down and play it. And like, I started it over and I'm like, I'm getting into it. Like I was herding the sheep. I had no problem. Yeah. So it's all the mood. It's all the type of game. Um, I think uh, I have an analog to your iPhone thing, Pete, with my DSi. I've been playing a couple of DSi download games. Um, and there's some where, like, even as casual as they are, at first glance, it's just like, this seems boring. I don't want to do it. I know it's supposed to be casual, and I know it's not supposed to last me a long time, but God damn it, like, right now, I don't even want to put up with this because it's so simplistic. And then later, it's just like, like I'm really bored, and I have nothing else to do, um, but I only have a short time in which I can be bored, like half an hour, and I'm like, all right, let me try this again. You know, it, it really depends. I, 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 can't, I can't give a definitive answer. Um, Except the only different advancer I could say is that when you like there are certain games where you just know that you want to play it or you don't, and that's not a matter of time as much as it is just as the the cer- certain aspect. I'll, I'll give you one: Torchlight. I started playing Torchlight two nights ago, and I'm like, I would rather play Titan Quest. Like, I really didn't, I didn't dislike Torchlight, but I'm like, this is you know, this is one of the very reasons why I never liked Diablo. Like, it's not fun. It is boring. It is not exciting. 
the aesthetic is is really pretty, but at the same time, like this whole idea of just going down into a dungeon and then going back to town, like I don't care for it. There's nothing special about this game for me right now as it stands. I'm going to give it another should... shot because, like, obviously, I'm not going to judge the game based on like the little that I've seen, but um, it 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 just like it's just one of those things where I'm not getting good feeling of uh, by it. But again, I just I, wanna... you know, I'm going to go into it. What are you gonna say? I just want to comment on that real quick because, like, yeah, Torchlight's a good example because that was one of the ones where you remember I was playing a demo and I was live tweeting it, and uh, like, if you were following my tweets or whatever at the time, you would have probably guessed that I wasn't going to actually buy the game or whatever because I was pretty much bringing up all my complaints early on, and um, yeah, I enjoyed the aesthetic of it and stuff, but like the actual gameplay, there was I had was finding a lot of faults with it wasn't until that was one where i you know decided to play the demo to completion and it wasn't until like within the last couple minutes of the demo that like i just like became so invested in my character and once i learned that that character carry over and stuff like it was really in the last couple minutes of the demo which was probably about like an hour or so long that i had made the decision sort of changed my mind to you know to actually go ahead and purchase the game um so that was one that like i guess kind of same thing as you like you did you you uh, did you finish the full demo or did you? Uh, I, just... I no, I'm on I'm on the actual game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you do have the full game. I forgot we talked about that. Um, I played it for about like an hour or so. Um, and again, let me be clear. There's nothing that I dislike about it, but like, there's nothing about it that drew me in more than Titan Quest did, for example. Like when I was playing Titan Quest, I was like, this is the same gameplay, but I like the aesthetic. I like the aesthetic better in Titan Quest, frankly. Like I think Torchlight is prettier, but I, I like when I say aesthetic, I mean the overall theme, like the Greek mythology theme. Right. Like I like that better. I, I, I like the fact that you're roaming this you're going from point A to point B to point C to point D and not just going down into the dungeon and back up into town. Um I like the skills I, I like the the way that they handle the skill trees and like the types of categorizations that they give you. And I guess that I haven't been able to see much of the skill tree in Torchlight yet. But, um, I mean, I, I'm just going to say that's one thing that Titan Quest did for me that Torchlight didn't. It Right away after my first mission, it's like, here you go. Here's the shit that you can expect to, to, to do like for the rest of the game, and there you go. The one thing I do like about Torchlight better than Titan Quest by a long shot is the inventory. Because Titan Quest still goes back to that old um, Diablo style where you have to really micromanage it. Yeah. So, but but other than that, like, again, it's it, I don't know what it is. Like, I thought that I'd be like, you know what? Titan Quest finally sold me on this this repetitive genre that I used to not like. So Torchlight is probably going to take me even further because everyone's raving about it. And I'm just like, maybe maybe that's a problem of expectations and not like whether or not I'm giving it a chance to pull me in. You know, because again, like I said, I'm going to keep playing it um, because I I don't I don't want to I don't want to be the guy who's just like nope. 10 minutes, I don't like it, and then like everyone's like, dude, you're fucking crazy! Go back to it! No, I don't want to play it. It didn't suck me in in 10 minutes, you know? That's like a hard guideline that's so kind of like, for lack of a better you know, term, it's like, get off your high horse, you know? Like, some games just take a while to get into. Um, and then I, I, guess, I guess the question is there, because some other people are like, well, no, like, if there are plenty of other games out there that can entertain you within the first hour of playing it, why should you bother with these other games? Um, See, I should just make, make mention also that, like, it's a matter of making purchasing decisions that I get like that. Like, if I have already bought the game or own the game. Oh, that's a good point. That's like, good I point. will play it. Like, if I own Titan Quest, even though I didn't like what I played the demo, like, I would just play it anyway. But because I was trying to make, you know, quick purchasing decisions, especially because, you know, it's time limited during that Steam sale. Like, that was one of the reasons why I was trying to make quick decisions. And if it couldn't pull me in right away, then, like, I need to see if the next game can because I need to know what I'm buying. 
Right. Um, I don't know. What about the, I mean, what about the reverse question of like, uh, what I just said about like, Hey, you know, uh, you've got, uh, you've got all these other games that suck you in within an hour. Why should you bother with game X? Because it doesn't suck you in. Cause I think, I think that's a, that's a related question. It's probably the same question more or less. Yeah. I mean, like, I th- I think I'd still have the same kind of stance. I don't know. Like if I, it's a matter of whether or not I own the game. Like if I own, like, Eventually, I'm going to complete those games that did suck me in, and so I'll probably try, you know, playing the game that didn't. Um, like, all these games on my Steam list that I have, I do have the ones that I constantly go back to because they suck me in, but, like, there's ones on there that I will eventually complete, and then I will, you know, one day get to the ones that I haven't even, you know, bothered, like, installing for the first time after buying them yet, huh. if that makes sense. Uh, it, like, it does. I mean, I think sometimes when I buy okay. a game and... When I buy a game and like I play it and I don't like it, like I I cut my losses. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm in a mistake, and I <laughs> I guess that's a sad thing. It's a waste of money and it's a waste of time. But like like Scribble Knots, I did not play to completion. I well, like, yeah, I'm not going to like it's it's it was different a with console games though because you can easily like if you decide you made a mistake, you can sell it off or trade it in or you know do something with it. Like I still haven't though. That's the thing. PC, yeah, like I guess that's the difference between us. Because like I will once I've decided that you know I'm not gonna like with Scribble Knots. Once I decided that I knew I wasn't gonna be playing anymore, I did trade it in towards the purchase of something else because I knew that I was just never. No, going you're to right. Play. I mean, I'm meeting to, but like, uh, okay, so so that game R.I.P. that Al and I bought for for right. forty nine. Like, I'm probably gonna <laughs> play that once more and then never play it again. You know, because see, that might be something because you own it now. That might be something that you'll like just one day randomly be like, I'm going to go fuck around with this game for no goddamn reason. Uh, no, I won't, because I'd rather be playing something I enjoyed or, or something new. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I was going to say, like in my Steam list, I have stuff because I bought a lot of you know the different packs. Like, for instance, the id pack, which came with games like uh, I've never played the Hexen games. Um, and like out of that pack, the only reason I bought that pack really was for Return to Castle Wolfenstein. And um. I will probably at some day, like, you know, I'll have played enough games in my Steam list. I would hope that I'll eventually just be like, hey, there's those Hexen games I never played. So maybe I'll actually try them, even though I had no right. real interest in them. Right. Well, as for the question of, like, why would I bother playing something that's better? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's uh, that has that hasn't sucked me within an hour was something. I, I, a great example is the way that Craig, Greg Kasavin reviewed Mortal Kombat Deception. So there's this whole really stupid quest mode that's terrible absolutely mind-bogglingly terrible but you have to play through it in order to get all the unlockables and his contention was that look it's gonna suck but when you get it it's going to be so worth it and for the people who say like you know no it's not gonna be worth it because i don't want to sit through it it's just like well okay you're totally missing out on you know what the game is all about and what you would enjoy you know what i mean yeah like like for example a person it's kind of like a person who um and and this is not a perfect analog but it's like you say you don't like a certain type of food, and the, the follow-up question is, well, have you ever tried it? And the person goes, no, I just know I don't want to try it. Or uh, with the game, it's kind of different because you have tried a, a little bit, but like with games, at the same time, like you don't, you're not going to get the full experience in the first X amount of minutes because with at least longer games, you have to grow into it, mm-hmm. especially stuff, stuff like RPGs. If everybody said, oh, I'm not going to play this RPG because I didn't really like the first hour, well, duh, you know? Like or I, I'm I'm specifically talking about like maybe like a but then we get into the Final Fantasy 13 conundrum where right, people didn't right. like the first like 20 30 hours and then there's but there's people who say that once you get past that 30 hour mark you know you you will love the game but like right. and I but I think that's a that's um 
Yeah, that, that's true. I, I'll like, say two How things. long should you how be long? willing to give a game? You right. know, like... Right, and should I, you I guess that's the crux game? of his question. Um, yeah. If the crux of his question is, how long should we? Um, I at I most, just, I, I would say... At most, I would say, like, an hour to two at, two at definite most. Like, I've played games for, like, you know, messed around games for, like, an hour, hour and a half, and then, you know, decided, okay, that was enough. I don't really need to go back to it, but I feel I've got my fill of it. Well, but... I, the the other thing is uh, uh sorry to interrupt but like I, I just noticed another part of the question is is um I think there's a difference between something hooking you in and something being bad and 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 it was probably a mistake to use a Mortal Kombat al- analogy then but I think I think there's a difference between like how long do you give it before it hooks you in versus how long do you give it before you say this game really does suck like there's some games that don't hook me in but like it's not because they're bad it's just because like okay I I don't get it I don't feel that spark um. I guess it's kind of like dating, but you know, I don't feel that thing there yet, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's like torchlight. You know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with torchlight. I don't dislike anything about it. Whereas with a game like Final Fantasy 13, which I haven't played, but let's be hypothetical about it. Based on what I've heard, the complaints that I heard in the past at that point in time, if you were to ask me the question, I would say that a lot of those things sounds like things that I would dislike, not just not, you know, not be into, but actively dislike. That's diff- That's, that's a different question there i think and if if you go through like like it, i can give a definitive answer like if you go through like an hour or two of disliking something before you have to like you know like it then you know forget it like with the mortal Kombat thing again now that i'm now that i think about it like i actually decided to stop going through that stupid quest mode because i was just like you know what? i'm just gonna keep this out for like multiplayer because i don't want to go through this stupid ass quest mode and then i end up selling it back so i don't know al if you still have your deception but uh, you could try it and tell me if it's worth it al i think he's drunk or maybe he fell asleep <laughs> I think Al literally got up and did something else or went to get something well, else because he... his Skype icon is orange, which means he's away. I'm here. Well, oh, oh. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> Where you been, bitch? Listening. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not because we just asked this you a question as you totally didn't answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I was away a bit. Yes, he I was here, but I was away. <laughs> Um, no, I was, I was just joking about Mortal Kombat Deception's stupid-ass story mode and then, like, whether or not you could try it. But, yeah, I mean... I haven't tried it yet. Do you need the, what? I haven't tried it yet. Do you need us to rephrase our, 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 uh, our questions for you? Um, the question about how long it takes to hook somebody into a game, or did we, like, not answer that all the we way? Or that, did... And we kind of evolved into something else, which you were... Yeah, no, which I was only going to say that I pretty much only play games that I know I'm going to like before I play them. Which kind of sucks to games that no one's ever heard of, but sorry. Like Plants vs. Zombies? Yeah, well, Plants vs. Zombies recommendation. See, I, I didn't actually, like, give it time to hook me in. I kind of, like, saw it and said, oh, I would love to play this game. No, you didn't. You said a game named Plants vs. Zombies. I, I don't think I would buy a game based on that name. And I had, exactly. But I then had then to coax you in. Oh, you okay. showed it to me. Oh, okay. If you didn't show it to me, I'd still be like, fuck is that shit? Zombies. I agree with that that too because like I definitely was like Plants vs Zombies what the fuck that sounds I'm a, you know I'm a huge zombie lover guy and I was like Plants vs Zombies sounds stupid I don't even, like I knew nothing about it but then when everyone was fucking like you know raving about it on podcasts and stuff for like months and months like you know yeah, it no, that, kind that's of- fair I, I mean I guess my whole thing was like I was willing to give it a shot before I saw it because I listened to what people said but and some people need the visual. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, all right, well, I, you know, if these people, these people, these are people in the industry, they know what they're, what the fuck they're talking about. So I'm going to, at the very least, give like, like there's some people who wouldn't even go to look at a video of it 
unless like a friend like me like badgered them about it. <laughs> and I think I pretty much badgered you. I was like, dude, no, you gotta, no, no, you, no, stop, you gotta watch the video, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. And you're like, all right, fine. And I did it. <laughs> um, Pete says, turn your fan back up. He'd rather have blowing noises, ew, than you passing out. Are you gonna let him do that to you, Al? Are you gonna let him insult your your fan like that? He's not insulting my fan. You're gonna let him insult you it, it, like it would that? probably help a lot if it was blowing directly on me, and I wouldn't have all this precipitation on my skin. Oh, fucking turn your fan up. It's fine. Anyway, uh, I was gonna make a point. I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> uh, Let's move on. on. Zombies? Oh no! I was gonna say it uh, definitely must come down. Like I, I want to go back to the torchlight thing real quick and just say it definitely comes down to personal taste and stuff because like you were saying that uh you know you fuck what the hell are you saying? Either way, you were not like really hooked into torchlight's stuff as you started playing it. Whereas like there was something about torchlight that like despite me finding problems with it, it was definitely pulling me forward through the demo. Uh, whereas whatever happened with like again Titan Quest because that seems to be the easy comparison right now like as soon as I started it there was no spark there was nothing pulling me forward like I don't know like I instantly felt like I disliked the game as soon as I started and it's not like I went in trying to hate it races against Greeks (laughs) (laughs) no because like I really wanted to like it because like I mean the screenshots looked awesome and it just sounded like you know that's another great game that I want to play and I have heard good things about it before and uh, like I said I wasn't I didn't go in with the preconception of hating the game, but from the moment the game started up, I just felt an instant dislike for it. Whereas as soon as Torchlight started up, I felt an instant like attraction to it, and that pulled me through the entire demo despite having found the flaws. So that's what I'm saying. It must come down to just like your personal like whatever your personal feeling is as soon as you start a game. Like, can you, quant- you- can you qualify what your dislike was? Because like I mean, I'm just curious. Like some people can't. Like I I can't exactly explain i definitely know the visuals played a big part in it because and maybe if i had tried titan quest before that's another thing i was gonna ask was that was like it could it could could that have been it you know it could have been um i try not to think of myself as a graphics whore but like there is a stark difference between the visual look of torchlight and titan quest sure absolutely and maybe it was because i did love the look of torchlight so much that when i went to titan quest i was like oh i don't like this and it also could have been like, dude, I kind of already have a point and click hack and slash RPG. Um, why should I bother with this one? Not, not, not consciously, but like subconsciously. Yeah. So I don't. Are you have you played Titan Quest yet, or you just have it? No, I play. I have like level something or other. Level <laughs> <laughs> something or other. But I... that was a long time ago. A real long time ago. And I mean, what were your assessment of the two B? I'm not asking you to like compare and contrast which is better. I just like I want a five page report. Yeah, on my desk tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Um, I like Titan Quest. It's just that it's kind of boring playing by myself. I'm whereas like the I think it's the aesthetics and the theme, the environment. I, I like the dark demons and stuff like that, like killing them as opposed to killing like harpies and minotaurs and shit. Um, unless it's dark, like fucking killing harpies and minotaurs in God of War is, I think, even if God of War was like a hack and slash RP, uh, yeah, hack slash RPG, I would probably enjoy playing that because it's than like it's extreme, it's over the top. Yeah, it's something about like the style and going through it by yourself with that style. Uh, I'm not really inclined to playing Titan Quest by myself as I am playing like 
Torchlight or Diablo or uh, Dragon Quest Nine. <laughs> right, right. Well, I I do have it. I have a lot of items I could give you mm-hmm. in case you want them. Anyway, any any more? Now we got Borderlands. Yeah, that's true. But I I kind of want to play Titan Quest too. Oh, um, okay. I'm I'm into playing whatever other people want to play because you know I got all these games and I don't play them. <laughs> any any other thoughts on this question before we uh, take, take a break? A, take a break. Yeah. Nope. nope. Let's go. We'll be back in half an hour or not. I'll maybe be gone maybe we'll hour. just maybe we'll just end it now. Ha. Fuck y'all. I'm we'll gonna... end we'll end it now and then take 5 weeks to edit the episode just for Edu. Yeah, just for him. No, actually, we'll edit it for everybody else and then we'll like make a special version just for Edu. Yeah, five, he won't how have many access weeks to that 5 or 6 weeks. I don't know. Anyway, we're taking a break. Yeah. We'll be right back. I'll run down the I'll run down the not important stuff so I can get out of the way. So I played Counter Strike Source and there's a zombie mode in it, which <laughs> is crazy. Like, um, it's basically uh, kind of what I would like in Left for Dead, where it's like uh, everybody everybody starts as human, but I guess like I don't know if like you how the first zombie gets made if it's just random or if like the first person who technically gets killed becomes a zombie, but then they're running around affecting everybody else and there's no like counter terrorist versus terrorists in it it's just like a deathmatch thing like you get shot and you become a zombie and the whole point of the game is just to survive the uh five minute time limit i don't know how like how long ago this mode was introduced because i haven't played counter-strike source in fucking years um like i had started playing counter-strike 1.6 with my friend in the past couple weeks because he couldn't run source but actually he found out he can run source so he'll probably start playing that more but uh while he was not yeah uh so while he was not sure he could be running source like i wanted to still play some source myself because i do actually enjoy it better what um especially you got really low dude no because i'm far away from the mic that's why but oh what, what ended up being the problem with the source oh nothing he just thought his computer couldn't handle it but oh. then i gave him an other an alt that you remember how i had like all those different uh, oh yeah 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 <laughs> so i gave him one of those that had source on it and he oh. tried it and worked for him so i said he can just keep that account so we can play um i've got a eh. So, also, real quick, I want to also, since I mentioned Left 4 Dead, anyway, yeah, Counter-Strike Source Zombie Mode is a fun thing, uh, if you can find it. Uh, Left 4 Dead, I played, but, uh, like, I just want to mention that because I tried a Helm's Deep survival map, um, which was, uh, I can't play online, obviously, because my computer can't run Left 4 Dead for very, Left 4 Dead very well, or Left 4 Dead 2 very well, but I can play single player good enough, uh, where, like, even if, you know, my frame rate starts suffering, I'm not going to, like, you know, piss off other people by fucking up the team. So right. uh, I played a Helm's Deep survival map, which was fucking fun. Uh, you can find that on, I think it's, like, left4maps.com or something. I don't ah! know. Or maybe, maybe it's left4deadmaps.com. I don't know. It's something, like, if you go into Left 4 Dead in actual Steam, I think they have a link to that site because I think it's kind of officially supported. And you can also get the Indiana Jones ride thing for Left 4 Dead 2, which I also tried, and it's awesome. Like, you can basically, 
there, apparently there is a, a game mode in it where you're actually going through the ride fighting zombies somehow or something. But I just did ah! the free ride mode because I wanted to check it out. And I've never been on that amusement park ride before. But I'm assuming it's, from what I've heard, it's like the exact replica of it. And it seems pretty cool. You actually get in a little minecart and ride through, you know, this little Indiana Jones themed fucking building uh, with like crazy, you know, amusement park things jumping out at you like like a fake animatronic snake coming out of the wall or whatever and it's like it's just crazy stuff but it, it was fun so i just wanted to mention that shit real quick oh it like a pro. team fortress 2 i played last night did you know they fucking like i i think i've heard this many times but never really paid much credence to it till i just tried it again and last night was the first time i tried it in years uh they added items into that game like like you, what items you collect, such as you collect items that give you like bonuses like what i've, I've what game? team fortress 2 Oh yeah, they've they've added a whole bunch of shit. Upgrades yeah. to all the character classes and achievements that give you weapons and items and shit. Yeah, it's like crazy, and I actually really enjoy. It. Like, uh, I should have remembered that they did this because they had the whole like the first teaser video thing about it was the soul or yeah, it was the it was, no, no, it, I think it, it was, was the heavy the, with yeah, the heavy with, with Natasha, the uh, his like you know his gun that he like is in love with or whatever. Um, and that's one of the items, but then you can get uh, like, other items like a, like a stove pipe hat, which I don't know what that does. Um, you can get like me, a lot of them are weapon style things. Like, uh, there was, uh, uh, what was it? A demo man running around with a fucking like samurai sword huh? and he would like run up and chop me. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And, but it's like crazy that like all these like items are in the game now and people like, like it's almost like you know like loadout kits for other games so like you can kind of more customize your character to like uh like buff the parts of your character that you would prefer as like like I play soldier a lot and there's like apparently like better missile launcher or like rocket launcher uh guns that you can acquire uh which is kind of the main thing I do in Team Fortress 2 is run around as a soldier and just you know shoot the rockets so but uh, and then there's like some sort of crafting system and stuff. I'll probably be playing a lot more Team Fortress 2 over the next like couple like weeks or whatever. Because like oh. now that I found out this is in there and my computer can run Team Fortress 2 still pretty well, I'm gonna mess around with that some more and find out what all that new shit's about. Yeah, I like to learn how to play it a little bit more because um, I was trying to play recently with uh, you know my friend at work. He is into Team Fortress a lot and he wanted to have a game with me before I left. But I just couldn't figure out, like, how to navigate the maps and stuff to do, like, control points and shit. So I never really got anywhere. The maps really aren't that confusing. Like, once you, like, once you actually do get through it once, like, like, I feel like once you learn where the control points are, um, it's easy to retain that information because they're really, they seem confusing off the bat, but they're really actually pretty linear um i don't know i i feel like like even jumping in now and not having played for like at least a year or two uh i when i was when i was in maps that i had played before i pretty much instantly remembered where things were okay well that's good i just i mean it's like i've never actually officially played team fortress like the valve version i i used to always play like the quake version yeah but you know yeah no yeah no yeah, no. All right. All right. Yeah, no, no. So how should we do this? Should we go round robin so we keep Al awake? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm up now. I'm drinking uh, water. You're up now. Uh-huh. He's drinking water. He's got his blowing going on. 
Yeah, yeah you can hear it. Uh, all right. I, I guess, uh, Pete, since you started off, Al, you want to you okay. shoot for it? Sure. Shoot. I don't know. <laughs> Who's going? I, mean, I, well, I only have, like, two things to talk about, really. Oh, okay. So then I suppose I'll go first. Um, I still got eight more things, so. Eight more things. I got a ton more things. I, um, I suppose, I'll, you know what? I'll save Limbo for when you talk about it, because we can both talk about it. Okay. Um, did you beat it already? Yes, I did. Shit. Damn. Um, I... Aside from Lambo, which is the Japanese version of Rambo, I uh, have been playing Trajectile for the DSi. Actually, I've been playing a lot of DSiWare games. Um, one of them being Trajectile. I don't know if any if any of you have heard anything about it. No. But, um, mm. It's a little complex to explain, but um, the the basic premise is that you are supposed to guide these missiles um, to destroy. Uh, these bombs on or whatever they are i don't even know what they are if they're bombs or something but i forgot there's something you have to destroy a certain number of item on on the playing field um if you look right at it it looks kind of like you're playing one of those brick breaker games like arkanoid or or breakout or whatever just because like you start from the bottom and like there's a whole bunch of blocks in the top um and the different missiles that you have are um there are regular ones that can bounce around seven times before exploding. There are ones that can drill through blocks straight. And then there are ones that um, that kind of explode a radius of blocks. And so the game, it's everything is preset. So it's much more like a puzzler than it is an action game like Arkanoid. Um, it's kind of weird calling Arkanoid an action game, isn't it? I, I, don't, mm. I don't know. It's just because it's not a puzzle game to me. It's just, you know, but um, like Shatter, which is awesome, um, which you should try. Um, but uh, but th- so they give you a preset number of missiles, a preset number of bricks to break, always in the same formation, um, and they always determine what type of missile you're going to get. So it's like you have to figure out the best way to launch these missiles um, in the most efficient way in order to break uh, to break everything that you're supposed to break, and um, you get medals for. Let's say they give you seven missiles to do it with. You get you get a medal if you do it in six. You know, so I spend my time always like even if I beat a stage, I will go back to it and try to do it over and over again until I find the way to do it that lets me kind of come out ahead. Um, and let's see what else. It, it sounds kind of boring and unremarkable. And I guess more uh, a lot of these puzzle games kind of do sound boring and unremarkable. <laughs> well, they're puzzle games. But at the same time, it's because they're puzzle games that they suck you in. And it's like how you trying to figure out how to like it's like pick the bits like I could sit there and talk about talk all day about. Oh, you're supposed to make boxes and lines by matching the colors, but that game is really, really cool. Um, and Trajectile, I guess, has this kind of interesting. Um, uh, what was that? Uh, bright lights. Remember bright lights when you were a kid? You just stick light bright. Games. You mean light bright? Yeah, light bright. Yeah. Um, it has. A, that I didn't have the weird Asian version of it. That would, that would be that would be right brights. <laughs> yeah, that would be right bright. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, the bright. Right the <laughs> oh my god! Okay, <clears throat> I'm allowed to do that. No, but yes, um, it's got a similar type of aesthetic. Like it's you know it's a bunch of glowing lights. Um, in fact, I'll get a screenshot for you ladies right now, assholes. One second, here we go. And it's in the Skype chat room where people listening can't see it, but you know what? That's okay because you all suck. Um, HTTP. No, okay. HTTP. Right, right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm playing that um, a little bit. Um, 
I guess I'm going to lump in another puzzle game really quick before I, uh, not a puzzle game, but since it's, since it doesn't take that much time to talk about it, um, Dragon Coast Wars is another downloadable game for the DSi. Um, and it's, it's kind of like Advance Wars with Dragon Quest monsters. Dragon Quest Wars just sounds like a ridiculous title, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dragon Wars Quests War or Warrior Quest. Imagine if it was Dragon it. Warrior Wars. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. Like, it, 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 except, in, except, I'm sorry, instead of giving you, like, a, a, a stage to play in where, like, there are trees and there's, like, mountains that you can't cross and, and, and you have to, you know, build soldiers and all that shit. Um, I think, and I've only played three stages of this, but it's preset. They give you the characters to use, and you're supposed to figure out how to beat the uh, opposing team. And instead of uh, terrain and stuff, it's just like a, I'm making up the numbers, but it's just like a 10 by 10 grid. So it's always the same. So I'm afraid of that getting a little bit boring, but if they can kind of switch up like the rosters that they give you and make it challenging, then it would probably be okay. But I believe it is developed by Intelligent Systems. So, I mean, that's kind of where you get the whole Advance Wars lineage from. Let me check. Um, Dragon Quest Wars. But, you know, as a fan of the Advance Wars games, like, I... I yeah, Intelligent Systems. I, I do enjoy it, you know, just strategizing and memorizing and demoralizing and whatever. Al, what are you even playing? Mm. Huh? Uh, huh? Me? Huh? You sure? Yeah. Dragon Quest uh-huh. Nine. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, tell us about Dragon Quest Nine. Good, good segue. But before I talk about Dragon Quest Nine, because no! I said that way. Ha ha ha. Um, I finished In 3D! Mario Luigi. In three D. Um, I finished Mario Luigi Barrio 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 Um, Bowser's Inside Story. You finished. Uh, yeah, I finished that. That was Aren't about twenty six hours. Oh, very, very good stuff. Oh, I finished it. Um, I was really dead set on trying to finish it before I left, but the game actually turned out to be a little bit longer than I thought, only because I decided to do extra shit because I'm an extra shit whore. Um, so playing with Bowser is really cool. Like, you know, I, I don't know how many games you get to play as like Bowser, but um, this one was really good. And um, I don't really want to talk too much about it, but I recommend that if you are a fan of Mario and Luigi RPG, you should certainly get it. And if you haven't played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga or finished it often, <clears throat> you should finish it and move on to Partners in Time, which is also a great game. Um, and then play Bowser's Inside Story. After I finished that, I played a little bit, maybe like one day during my vacation. I had some downtime, and I played uh, Tetris Party Deluxe, or online, or whatever the fuck it's called. I can't see it from here. But uh, it's the Majesco Tetris game that has online and a whole bunch of different modes. I played the co-op version with my wife, who uh, I thought knew what the fuck Tetris was, but she actually had never played it. So it was kind of tough in the beginning trying to teach her how to play Tetris and doing co-op mode at the same time because um, they have co-op Tetris and they have versus Tetris and she didn't want me to like play against her, obviously. So in co-op Tetris, you each player has a certain type of piece. And I think the way it works is the first player always has the L's and the box, and the straight line comes between the both of them, but the second player always has the Z pieces and the T piece. 
So it was kind of hard teaching her how to play Tetris with only three out of the six pieces. That's so weird. So, so it's kind. It, it sounds kind of like how we were playing Mario Galaxy Two at the Nintendo World Store. I had the nunchuck and you had the remote. Yes, and you play on the same <laughs> stage, and the object That's is nuts. to make lines. And basically, you're you're playing at the same time. Your pieces are dropping at the same time, and you have to put them together. So you have to communicate as to where you want to put pieces because obviously you can't just make a line by yourself. Uh, I mean, technically you can, but you can't make a Tetris by yourself. And there are some times where you need a T-piece or a Z-piece, and you don't have I it. Don't have... I need T-piece for my bunghole. Oh. And, um, you know, you got to tell the other person, I need you to put that piece over here, or don't put that piece over there, come over here. And then when I always say no to her, she puts it down anyway, and it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> but um, that would be a game I'd like to see, like, with someone who's seasoned in Tetris and can think about where to put their pieces uh, in advance and things like that to see how far I can go playing with someone like that. Uh, I play a little bit of single player, but there's a whole bunch of different modes. Like there's a, a mountain climbing mode and a shadow mode and some other kind of mode. But, you know, I didn't really play it that much yet because I was playing a whole shitload of Dragon Quest Nine. And uh, Dragon Quest Nine is—it's it, originally—I it, mean, it's actually not what I originally thought it was. I thought Dragon Quest Nine was going to be a big diversion from Dragon Quest. So it was going to be like an action RPG, like Zelda, something like that. It's like four players—they all run around in the same world. They just kill anything they want, and they do whatever. But it actually turns out to be regular ass Dragon Quest, which I don't mind because I like Dragon Quest. And even though it's the same tired formula that, like, a lot of people say it's the same tired formula because they never changed it since the first game, um, there are a lot of things that just, you know, keep it refreshing, like the quirkiness of the nature, which, of course, is different from the first Dragon Warrior, which came out here, because uh, Dragon Warrior was trying to be all serious and shit. I don't know if you guys remember that. The thee that. and thou and, and the queen. Yeah, with the thee and the thou and the whole medieval thing and all the monsters. I will fight the dragon. And, and it was and all I hit like... for one damage, which is... Right. <laughs> but, you know, now they've they've gone back to the original Kiritoriyama art and all the little funny little monsters and the names and the, the, <laughs> the Cockney accents and shit. And... It's it's really entertaining, like to read the dialogue and to look at the monsters' names and to look at their animations and things like that. And, you know, these like really deadly monsters, but they just do stupid things or they have stupid names like the Teeny Sanguini or the Boppin' Badger that does a boogie and he makes you dance. And <laughs> it's like he breaks out into this dance, and then if you catch on to the dance, you can't attack or anything because you're too busy dancing. And um, oh, look at me. I'm dancing. Yeah, like Claptrap. Claptrap. Um, <laughs> I remember that from 182. Um, and so the the way that it seems to work is like for multiplayer, because I haven't played multiplayer yet, um, you can go anywhere you want. But say I need your help to fight a monster or something like that, I can do a call to arms and you guys all will join me. Say if me, you, and Pete because I'm talking to Austin at this point. Yep. Uh, say me, you, and Pete were playing Dragon Quest, and you're like off somewhere a long distance away, just like fighting some real advanced shit because you're so much higher level than me. And Pete's with me because we're both the same level. We're just like fighting monsters and progressing with my story. 
um, and I need your help with a boss, I can do a call to arms and you'll teleport to my location and help me fight my boss, which is all turn-based regular Dragon Quest stuff. It even has all the sound effects from the original Dragon Quest games, you know, the ones that they keep reusing where like... Yeah, they have that for the level up, and then they have uh, that for the when you win a battle, and, and when you the enemies fight, it's like, and when they're <laughs> just attacking, like, <laughs> are we gonna have an Alfred soundboard? No, we're not gonna have an Alfred does, soundboard. Does, does the save screen or create new game screen go? Yes, it does. <laughs> it, that's the that's the main menu uh, when you get to start your game and stuff. Wait, I didn't hear that. Do that again? Nope. Yes. Now play it on guitar. No. Um, Aww. uh, I never get what I want. um, I hate you. Oh, I hate you too. So, that, I mean, right now, I think I'm I'm actually, I actually have the game on right now. And uh, I'm in Coffinwell. Coffinwell? Yeah. And, uh... I think uh, about ten and a half hours into the game, main character is level seventeen, and uh, the li- there's a lot of online features. Like there's quests that you can get. Uh, they they give you like a quest a day or a quest a week, and um, it's it's through a service that they call DQVC. You know, making fun huh? of QVC, the home shopping. Oh, zing. Yeah, and so every day they have like items on sale. But they also give out quests, I guess, once a week because I looked at the website and it looked like they only have two weeks worth of quests since the game came out last week. Um, but I haven't been able to access DQVC yet, so I haven't been able to download it. Um, and then there's the random quest, huh? They didn't have it in the DR? Um, no, no, no. I haven't progressed far enough in the game to open up DQVC yet. I was going to say, Dominican Republic doesn't approve of uh, free shopping networks. No. And well, it's they not- don't approve a free Wi-Fi either. Uh, yeah, because they had the free Wi-Fi in the uh, in the lobby. Uh huh. Yeah, they were charging you like three dollars for a half an hour. I'm like, what? Mm. I mean, technically, three dollars for a half an hour would have been good compared to what I used on my international roaming on my cell phone. Oh but, God. Oh. Um, but I three dollars for half an hour every day, and I wouldn't even have even used it for half an hour. Would have worked out. So anyway, um, that's that's all I've been playing. I mean, well, I did play some stuff here and there. Like I played Hundred Swords, which I dug out of my uh, box for PC old game. Let's see, this is a Sega game that is published by Activision Value Publishing in two thousand and one. Um, and I have it's an RPG. It's it's not an RPG. It's a strategy game, real time strategy, squad based. But the AI is kind of funky. For example, I was trying to, I was doing this mission where you had to retreat from these monsters, and my main character was the one I had to get to a certain spot. But he would always run toward the enemies and fight. Wait, and is, every this, time was, is this is uh, this is this your third game that you've been playing? I guess this is not a round robin, but keep going. I thought we were doing a round robin. I, I know, I, but I mean, I'm, I no, I'm saying, doing a round I'm saying robin. like after your game, Pete was supposed to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was it's just fine. Just, my, just, just, keep just, just keep going. Just keep going. Keep peeing mm-hmm. on the log. Ah. So, um, yeah. Every time I tried to tell him, like, go to the damn spot so I could finish the level, he would always want to go and fight the monsters. And it, it fucking killed me. Um, so that, that's it. That's it. That's all I was about. 
Borderlands. Oh, uh, yeah, we were all playing Borderlands, weren't we? Pete, how long were you playing it for again before you uh, gave up and, and said that you were worse than the rest of the world? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play it at all. I thought you did I, play it. I played it you like... Can't. I played it like uh, a couple... I mentioned that I played it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I'm giving you I'm shit like, for not playing it with us. You Nobody said that you guys were playing! I know, that's the funny part. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What else are you even playing, Pete? It's your turn. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm gonna like have to like run okay. down this list real quick, because I want to talk about Limo before I have to go. Um, So, I'll just... Yeah, real quick. So I played some more Torchlight, and I found out that the demo achievements don't carry over, which is annoying. Because um, I thought that, like, while I was in the demo, I was still earning those achievements. But then, like, they uh-huh. were... If I, you know, bought the full game, it would unlock, and it doesn't. So, like, I'm, like, there's, like, achievements that, like, technically I missed out on because mm. it's, in, I don't know, it's, like, weird. So, like, but it doesn't matter because, like, to get one of the achievements, you have to play through the game all three times, like, complete the game three times with the three different characters. So, if I were to do that, I'd probably end up getting all the achievements anyway. Um, I know achievements don't really matter that much, but they matter to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it's... I'm still enjoying the game. I played it for about like another hour or so, and I am still totally enjoying it. Uh, like it is pretty much the same thing so far, like just going further down into the dungeon and, <clears throat> and fighting pretty much the same type of stuff. Uh, like kobold looking things and spiders and ah. like, like uh, ogre type things. Um, and then like skeletons and zombies and stuff. But from the screenshots I've seen, it does look like it does change eventually uh, that you get into some very different looking areas and uh despite not really paying much attention to the quest text or like really what's being said story-wise <laughs> i'm just i'm enjoying we'll this yeah i mean i'm enjoying just going down and mashing the button and collecting loot and you know like sending my pet off to sell it and i don't remember if i mentioned this when i first talked about torchlight but my favorite part about the game is the pet because you can give your pet spells so my cat can summon zombies and it uh basically drinks the life of my enemies um nice so yeah, I have a pretty fucking kick-ass cat. Uh, other than that, I played uh, I played Trackmania in 3D. In 3D. Uh, literally in 3D because it has a 3D option, uh, and I have a pair of red blue 3D glasses, which is what works. Nice. Oh shit! So I got to actually try my first actual 3D game, and surprisingly, it did not give me a headache. I was able to play for an hour or so. Uh, of playing straight through in 3D, and for that game, the 3D doesn't really seem to make much of a difference. It does make the you know it does layer out the track, so you're looking at it 3D like you know there's depth of field or whatever. But um, it just it doesn't really seem to like I mean it doesn't really affect gameplay at all or anything or like it didn't really affect my gameplay at all. Uh, then it's already and, a failure. No, it, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. They should not release I, that system. I enjoyed it. Uh, I I was playing the free version Trackmania Nations or whatever on Steam. So uh, Trackmania is an awesome game for people who don't haven't heard yeah haven't heard of it or haven't played or whatever. Just go down if you have Steam, get Trackmania Nations forever. It's free version. You can play online for free, uh, and it's an awesome game. Um, it's basically what games like Mon Nation Racers and probably Joyride and a lot of other like racers that have uh creativity elements which they could be it's it's um, less about the actual racing and more about like crazy ass tracks and stunts right That's yeah yeah like because like i mean all almost all tracks are made by like the community of players and they make some fucking sick ass shit shit yeah um, speaking of shit i also played this Welcome game to called, the shit. <laughs> called rule of rose 
this is an old PS2 game. The reason I'm playing it is because my coworker was like, I, I always tell people at work about how awesome I thought Silent Hill Shadow Memories was on the Wii. And I'm really pushing hard for people to like pick it up and try it because people are like, I'm looking for a Wii game. Like This honestly is, in my opinion, one of the best games on the Wii. Um, and nobody really takes me seriously. But my coworker's like, you know, if you like that game, you should try this game, Rule of Rose. Uh, so... Is that the one with the girl and like the big creepy guy who's always following you around, or is that because is that's that... Clock Tower? I think you're thinking of. Uh uh-uh, uh no 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 not that one. Like it, it's a it was well you you go ahead. I, I want to see if this is the same one. I just it just well I've only played about like an hour or so of this, and what it is is uh it it's, first of all it's trying really hard to be creepy. Um, it's I guess a foreign game. Uh, well it was made in Japan, but it's like I don't know. It takes place in Germany or something. And you're this girl whose parents died. You get sent to this orphanage, and the other girl, like the other children there, are part of what they call they call themselves the Aristocrats Club, and they're like just mean and you know like bullies and jerk kids and stuff. And they like when you first show up, they're like beating a like what is a dog tied up in a sack with. Yes, this is that game. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so like, sorry, I got excited for it. It's okay. Like. <laughs> the game like starts out with you, with you going into this orphanage and like getting like inducted by these kids into this aristocrats club like they like kidnap you kind of and tie you to a pole and like this oh. other kid tells you that you have to bring a gift once once per month uh or the or basically that they'll kill you um what the fuck? and give me some fruit or i'll kill you well like the first gift so far has been a butterfly you have to find a, a a pretty butterfly or something and so there was this green butterfly floating it's not oh, pretty wait, enough i'm gonna kill you wait. actually what happens it's really weird because like you start out in the house but after they kidnap you what they do is they uh what happens is you're following this little kid okay i'm gonna start from the beginning you're riding on a <laughs> bus to the orphanage and you're it's you and this other little boy and the bus driver and this little boy comes up to you and hands you this like uh storybook and he's like please read it to me but he's not actually looking at you he's kind of got his head down or whatever and so he gives you the storybook and you start reading it but it like there's like nothing like it's a few pages but then nothing after that and so you're like what is this and then the bus stops and the kid gets off and it's in the middle of the woods and you're like wait where are you going so you get off the bus too and the bus driver closes the door and drives off and you're alone in the middle of the woods fuck you bitch so then you're like chasing this kid up to this house which turns out to be the orphanage uh and he goes inside you end up like finding your way in and chasing him throughout the house until you get to the attic where uh like he says okay now you can continue to read me the story and then there's a few other pages into the book, but the, still the rest of it's blank. And then, like, you hear this bell and an announcement comes over a PA system from another kid saying that it's time for the funeral. And so then you will go always back downstairs to the courtyard. And they're like these kids with these paper bag masks over their head uh, saying going like ashes to ashes, dust to dust or whatever. And like they're like like standing around a grave. So then they leave and you dig up the grave and you open the the uh, casket and inside is a bag, which was, I guess the dog they had beaten or something. Um, and, uh, like, so then you're crying and they come and pour water on you from like all these like jugs that they have and stuff saying that you're dirty hey, or jugs. whatever. And then they push you in the casket and bury you or no, 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 they don't bury you. They carry the casket away. And the next thing you know, you're like on some weird ship, like, I guess you're on an airship because you look out the window and you're above the sky. And I don't fucking know how this happened. And so this is where the aristocrats club is. And the kids are telling, you you know, bring the gift or whatever. And 
I found a butterfly, but then some, like it fl- fluttered away. And when I found it again, some other little girl, creepy girl was like hovering over it, like with a fork. And I went to take it and she like stabbed the butterfly with a fork and said that I deserve to be gobbled up or something. And then she uh, wandered off uh, and I, I brought the butterfly to the where you're supposed to make your gift deposit. And he's the, the kid, whoever was like, uh, this is not a pretty butterfly. Find me a pretty butterfly. So it's like, I don't know. It's trying really hard to be creepy. And unlike Silent Hill, where the creepiness just comes naturally because um, things start out semi-normal and you're just kind of like you, you get pulled into a predicament. Um, and then like the creepiness just like. So this know, is stuff. basically an indie flick. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, like The Ring or something or the, I guess like The Grudge or something like, you know, in a game. Or I don't know. It's like or uh, what's the, there's another. Uh, I don't know. It's it's it. Yeah, it's just it tries too hard. And it's just I don't know. I'm really not into it but i'm kind of curious as to figure out if like if i keep playing will things start to make sense um so i might try some more but i don't know if i will uh so anyway let me run down the rest of the stuff real quick so we can get to limbo uh what uh, i was going to talk about mass effect but that's not important because i picked it back up but it's hard to pick back up after not having played for a couple months but i'm going to struggle through because i still have mass effect 2 sitting around and i want to get to that mm. um i played uh uplink which uh to kind of talk about that real quick uh, I played it twice, maybe about like an hour each time. The first time was all tutorial stuff. Uh, basically, what it is is you're sitting, you know, you're sitting at your computer playing this game, which is a computer screen, like literally as if you're sitting at your computer. It's like a prompt, right? Yeah, like about to start hacking or something. So you get uh, like a message from like this this agency, which you're going to be working for, like doing the hacking, and they want to put you through a you know a tutorial because you're a like a noob hacker and. They want before you go out there and start. Do they actually, please tell me they talk to you in lead speak. No, no, there's no lead speak. This came. I'm pretty sure this was out before lead speak was popularized. Um, and uh, I just use the word noob because that was the best way I could describe it. So anyway, uh, they're all like, you know, we want to make sure you're prepared before you go and actually tackle some actual jobs. So do they uh, make you hack something while someone gives you a blowjob, a la Swordfish? No, I never saw Swordfish. Don't. <laughs> it's not worth it. Okay. Mm. Just say so. It. So, uh, you're like, you're given, you're told that you have to like, you know, you pick a gateway, which is like somewhere close to where you're actually located. So I picked New York. Um, and basically your gateway computer is your, is like a server that you connect to. And then you're doing your hacking from there. Cause it's like, you know, a sort of defense so that like, if something ever happens where you're caught, all the, 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 the company will do is destroy your gateway computer. And then, you know, you won't be held legally accountable. Um, so uh <clears throat> you uh start out by like they ask you to hack this like you know dummy system where uh you're basically given a whole bunch of different screens one screen is a map where it shows you different like gateways that you can bounce your you, you know you know it's all done through the internet so you're like you know making call like old internet so i guess it is you know still calls or whatever so you like you bounce your call through different dummy systems around the world before going to your target computer um you buy software for your own computer things like uh like uh, tracking devices to see if you're getting to see if you're getting tracked when you're actually doing the hack. Um, password decryptors, uh, like I can't remember what other software, but there's like a lot of stuff. Uh, like the dummy stuff, really, all you needed was a tracking software and a password decryptor. So you buy that stuff, it gets installed on your gateway, which is the one in New York, like I said, and like so, like you you're upgrading that, not really your own computer, because um, that would break the fourth wall if you were upgrading your own computer. But your own computer's not really getting upgraded. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
So then you like once you get to the computer like that you're hacking, it'll bring up you know like a like a logon prompt, and so you use your password decryptor. You start up your tracking software. Like you have actual memory or RAM uh, allocated to different programs. So like you want to try to balance. Oh what? Uh, what? <laughs> you have RAM what? Allocated. Oh, I wasn't. No, I, I honestly I was not making fun of you. I like I didn't hear. Oh, I did. I did pronounce. Oh, is that it wrong what you were laughing time. at? Yes. I thought that's what, what, he say? what did he say? I said allocated. Said, yeah, allocated. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you've been allocated to different programs and what was wait, what was when he just dis, dis, dissipated? Dissipated. So yeah, what's you, have dissipated? Balance, you have to balance the uh, memory between the different programs. So you wanna like, you know, have enough in the tracking uh, software so that it'll make sure to like, you know, catch catch any tracks coming your way before you actually get tracked. Cause if you don't have enough memory, then it's going to run slower and it might not catch it, but you also need the password uh, decryptor to be running quickly because you want to, you know, try to get through that password. Uh, you want to try to access the password quick enough. So it's, a, it's a lot of time-based stuff. So like the minute you start logging in there, the security system starts tracking you. So you have to log in and then there's a goal of either like deleting files from that computer or copying files and then emailing them to a, you know, another person or a third party or whatever. Um, so for this one, it was just copy files or whatever, I believe. So you, you copy files and then you have your own memory banks in your computer where you have like, you can only store so many programs and files and things like that. So you know, it takes up so many banks of memory to put these files in. Uh, so you have to balance that as well. Like how much, you, how much, um, like how, what's the amount of memory and files that you're going to go have to go steal versus how many programs do you have logged on, you know, loaded on your computer, things like that. It's a lot of balancing uh, space and speed um, to accomplish different tasks. So once you get through that, then you go back out, you, you know, you exit out of that and you email off the files and you get paid in credits or whatever. And then you use those to upgrade your gateway. Um, so it's actually really interesting. I went back and played it again and did my first like official job, like uh, where I wasn't, you know, under the protection of like it being a dummy system or something. I actually went and deleted files from a quote unquote, you know, company computer or whatever. Um, and I actually wound up getting caught my first time trying to break in because uh, I forgot to start my, tra I forgot to start my tracking program before I went in. And so they like tracked, Oh no, 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 it wasn't that. It was, I forgot to bounce my calls around different computers around the world. So I got caught as soon as I tried to go in. So then, um, I got an email saying, you know, you've been caught trying to access our files. You have to pay this much in fines or whatever. So, or, uh, you face criminal arrest or whatever. So basically I think what you have to do there is either pay or you get your gateway destroyed, which means you can start a new gateway with the uh you know the the company that you're you working for buy it, i'm assuming right right like and you start with like the bare minimum programs again like as you upgrade your gateway if you end up getting it destroyed you lose everything you upgraded right so uh yeah like i said it's really interesting um the visuals are obviously not much it's really like looking at a com like a computer screen it's just an operating system where you're like you know running different windows and just you're you're out there hacking man um, <laughs> but it, it actually is really fun. Is it like uh, the Matrix, man? Is that I saw the Matrix? Yeah, I was like, my like I do kung fu. I was like, my name is Neo. You do kung not fu, Mr. Anderson. Okay, so I know kung fu. We're already past my Show time, me. so I'm gonna just keep rambling to get through these. I played Shadow Complex. Are you gonna make it on time? This is well. I mean, yeah, I'll be okay. This is why I wanted to like get this done with, but like get this stuff out of the way, because uh, this is the stuff I really wanted to talk about. Um. 
I played Shadow Complex, which uh, was my first time playing that. Um, and I was Drake in it. Awesome. I mean, I, I'm not past, I'm not at the point where it's like, oh, there's Nolan North being Nolan North again. Um, like, I don't know. I still see him as a different character in this game. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> my throat's starting to hurt from all this talking. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, people who don't know, it's a, it's a Metroidvania style game. Metroid style. Thank you. I'll still I, say Metroidvania. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I get snarky because, like, obviously, it, it it has nothing to do with Castlevania. They they did not add anything to it. But anyway, go ahead. Wait, what do you mean? Well, when people Castlevania say Metro- didn't add anything to the formula, because I mean, it's really a Metroid thing. Yeah. So Castlevania kind of just took it from Metroid. Yes. Mm-hmm. But okay, fine, fine. So it's a Metroid thing, um, where you get Metroided, and uh, <laughs> you start out as some other character. Metroided. Like in Washington D.C. with a super like all the super abilities and uh, like you're supposed to like there's terrorists in Washington D.C. or something and you're trying to save the vice president or something and like you're using all your awesome powers or whatever to like destroy shit and bring down helicopters and whatnot and then um the guy's all like uh talking on his intercom about like you know the vice president's safe or something and then the guy on the other end's like you mean that vice president and then like something blows up in the background or something like that so it's like you know some double cross is going on oh god what's happening so you don't get to go out with a with the vice president for a hamburger afterwards no oh. uh but then after that happens you become nathan drake's character who's in the woods this is like you this is how they metroid use they just switch you to a different character I see um and uh this is the character you're going to play through the game. So like you're in the woods with your, on a date with your girlfriend and you go down into this, like shoes where you're going spelunking. Um, I, I, I have to understand <laughs> that you literally just met said girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, like apparently a couple days before or something. And you were like talking her up at a bar or something. And ta- I guess she was talking about how she likes to do this cave diving thing. And you were all like, you know, trying to get laid. So you're like, Oh yeah, I love but cave that, diving. That girl, like, easy. What? Yeah. Um, so there you are, you're going into a cave and you have no idea what you're fucking doing. And, uh, she gets way ahead of you and you lose track of her. And when you finally catch up to where she would have been, her backpack's there. You pick up your back, the backpack, and this is how you first get your first ability, which is wall climbing. Um, and then you move further along in the cave and you come up to the, this like ominous fucking door. And, uh, like you, you go down into like this like trap hole thing. And like, you get like kind of locked in there for a minute as you like above you, the, this game doesn't really it has cutscenes, but a lot a lot of stuff is actually played out in real time. So like uh two soldiers are like dragging your girlfriend in like through the from where you just were into the door. So I don't know how you missed her because it's like, you know, it's a 2D game, there's really no other places they could have gone, but whatever. <laughs> um and uh so then this is how the game starts. You gotta like find out what the fuck's going on, what's this shadow complex underground and yeah. what are they doing what are they doing to your girlfriend? Uh so the story's kind of like, you know, cheesed up a bit, you know, with all this political intrigue, which uh, it's I mean, it's all right. It's not bad, but like it gets kind of the story gets kind of gruesome. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say gruesome, but like I, there's parts where I'm like, oh, my God, like they're actually like on a video screen in the complex. You see them torturing your girlfriend and like this guy's actually like beating the shit out of her, like punching her in the face. I'm like, Damn. oh, my God, that's she crazy. knows Kung Fu. And uh, so, yeah, like I played like. Okay, so I have that on Xbox Arcade, and I also have Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and I like this game a lot more than Castlevania. Even though Castlevania is, you know, a widely renowned, like Symphony of the Night is a widely renowned, excellent game, this game, I think, it it does fall into, you know, it is a similar game, and I find this game to be so much more appealing and fun than Castlevania. Because you Uh, like guns. 
mainly because it's it's actually easy. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm playing it. Listen, I'm playing pussy. it on I'm playing it on a medium or hard difficulty. I don't remember what pussy, it was, pussy. but they made like they made the game in a way that's accessible. Like it tells you, like it gives you a shut up. <laughs> it gives you a general direction of where you should be going. Like uh, with a uh, a line that shows like you know this is where you want to go. You still have to find a map to uncover areas of the complex or whatever, but it still gives you a general idea where you want to go. Uh, Unlike Castlevania, where it's like once you get in the castle, like you really don't. I I never really was able to figure out which way I was supposed to go. I just head off in a direction and hope I don't get my fucking ass kicked. Um, this is very linear in like its progression of like trying to lead you along to make sure you get the right power ups when you need it, um, and like so that you're ready when you actually come across boss fights and stuff. Like. I don't know. I always felt like in Symphony of the Night, like I was just randomly wandering and I'd be like wandering to areas that would just get my fucking ass kicked and I wouldn't have the right powers or whatever. And I don't know. I just felt like it was very difficult. Um, and uh, I definitely like the look of this game. I mean, obviously, Castlevania looks a little bit dated, but it holds up still today. It is still a good looking game for what it is. Shadow Complex is an awesome looking game, though. And the fact that they throw in the 3D elements of like shooting in into the 3D! background. Shooting into the background and just like stuff happening like beyond the borders of your 2D plane, uh, it it just it works really well. Um, the shooting does work really well, even though you are shooting like almost in a like in a sphere type of thing. Like if you imagine like a, a like a hemisphere or whatever, like going out from you into the 3D plane, uh, like it, the shooting still works well. Um, I like the fact that you can either run in guns blazing or you can try to like sneak through different like uh, passageways and find better ways of attacking or uh, tackling different obstacles or just guards and stuff. Uh, so you can kind of be stealthy. You can go in action, whatever you want to do. Um, so I'm really enjoying this game. Uh, and I'm going to stop talking about that because we still got to get to limbo and it's fucking this shit's taking me forever. Also, I don't know if you want to talk about trying real quick because I know you played it and I played it. Um, and and, uh, you played it, but... and you played it. Trying. My quick summation of it, because I do really want to talk about Limbo, is that Trine is a beautiful game. It runs sluggish on my computer, um, but it definitely has that like old, old mechanic of you know like being three people. You, you're using three characters to solve puzzles, uh, like you know. Lost Vikings. That? Lost Vikings. That's Lost it. Yeah. Vikings. Yes. Uh, and uh, except with this, you're not like spread out across different parts of the map. You're all the same character. Um, I tend to use the uh, the warrior a lot just because you do come up into combat situations a lot where I feel like the uh, the thief's uh, arrow thing isn't the best. Uh, I, maybe I just have trouble aiming it or whatever, um, and I just don't like the mage's spell stuff. So I just tend to use the warrior a lot unless I need uh, the thief's uh, hook, grappling hook. But that's another game where it's like 2D, but like it has like a 3D visual look to it, stuff going on in the background or whatever, and it looks gorgeous. Uh, like I said, um, and the puzzles so far have been fairly simple. Um, I, I hope they get harder. Uh, it's been how a long have you been playing? I played through the first two areas. Okay. Um, like, I mean, so far it's been a lot of just like, you know, like weighing down one end or just like, you know, like a lot of seesaws and things like that. Um, whereas, uh, which we'll talk about in a second limbo. I felt like the puzzle progression in that was excellent. Um, I feel like, you know, the, hopefully the puzzles do ramp up soon in trying because I mean I don't know how long the game is but like I feel like for the first two areas I was pretty much doing the same stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm really trying to think because I uh 
I haven't, I didn't count like where I am. So I don't know where I am in relation to you, but I know that there have been some puzzles. Um, they're, they're almost all physics based, right? And then there's some puzzles that involved, um, let me think, what's a, what's a good example? Um, not just weighing down something, but uh, I guess using like, you, using the physics to kind of like bridge gaps because there's some platforms that are like on hinges, but they're like pointing down, so you can't jump on them. But you need to like what I would do is I, I'd use the arrow to like shoot at a ledge to make it like spin around and, and lock in place. Um, so I mean, th- there's definitely more than just like weighing stuff down. Um, mm-hmm. They're all in the same vein though of like making things, you know, swing around or push around so that you can move on. You know, there's it's less inventive, I guess, for the time being. It's less. It's less uh, in- interesting than what you'd see in Limbo, but it's it's the same amount of ingenuity, I'd say, if that makes any sense. Sort of. Well, I'm. Um, I'm, I, I'm did you play Limbo, Al? Nope. Well, you could. I'm typing the name into Steam. It's not a Steam game, is it? It three sixty. No. Yeah. Oh, I haven't turned well, on my three sixty. It's like before. Turn it on and go buy it. That's all but, you need to know. How much is it? Because um, it's fifteen um, bucks. Twelve hundred. That's a lot of money. For me right totally now. worth it. I know it's a lot of money for me right now. Especially for a console that I'm not even like really touching at the moment. Do it. Don't right, do it. What do you have to say about Trine? Because yeah, Me? I don't know. If Trine? Yeah, I don't, you said you played Trine, didn't you? Oh yeah, pretty far in Trine. Um, I I like it. Um, really? I haven't played it in a while, but that's not because I don't like it. But it's mainly because it's freaking hot and sitting at this PC in this hot weather is rough. But um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like the diversity of like using the the mage to create the boxes to get up on things, and then there's the thief who swings and shit, and the warrior who's really just a fighter. But I usually wind up using like the mage because I can crush enemies with the boxes, and I can um use the boxes to and the and the, the platforms to get places. But um. I don't know how far am I in that game. I think I'm. I'm in like some dragon's cave or something like that. And um, it actually got a little difficult for me at one point in time. But I don't know. I don't know what to say about it at the moment. Thank you for question. that riveting expl- display. What would you say? What you say, Pete? I have a quick question about it because, uh, yeah. like I said, I only played through a couple areas, and I did level up my characters, and I had points to spend. Um, is it safe to just spend each character's points or is there any benefit? Like, cause like, because I was only using the warrior, I spent a point in the warriors thing or whatever. Uh, but I didn't like spend any points on the thief or the, uh, mage, which I know with the mage, if you spend a point, you can start getting multiple boxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But since I wasn't using him, I didn't really feel like I should spend the point. Like is, there's no Ben, there's no benefit to not spending the point, like saving the points for later. Is there? Uh, no, I think you only have a limit. Like the first tier, you can only use one point or something like that, and then you can use multiple points and other things. But for as far as I've been playing, I've only been limited in using the point in the particular thing that like I wanted. It wasn't like oh, if I save up like three points, I can put them somewhere else and get another um another ability. Yeah, and, and I think like I think thing. each character gets a point, right? You can't just like it's not right. Like, there's you can't cross points, which yeah. is what like. I would like to do is like just dump all my points into my warrior, but I guess you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. According to my uh, my backlog list, uh, I'm in the Forsaken Dungeons. If either of you have been there, 
Nope. I don't no. know. I might be further further ahead than both of you. I think I you're uh, quite a bit further ahead. I I uh I I guess I would say that I played for maybe an hour at most two. Oh yeah, I played probably for five, maybe three, maybe five. Well, look at you. I played, and torchlight. I'm on the seventh floor. Alrighty, <laughs> back to torchlight. <laughs> no fuck. All right, we we got to go into limbo because I literally only have ten minutes left of this recording anyway. Um. So yeah, Limbo. Uh it's fucking awesome. Um I actually uh I would recommend this game to anybody, but everyone's very like if you're somebody who follows journalists or just like, you know, a lot of like gaming industry people on Twitter, everyone's raving about the game, but they are raving about it and a lot of people are raving about it because of its art and like its atmosphere and stuff, which is great. But I think this I feel the same way about this as I did about Braid, where despite its artsiness or whatever or you know quote-unquote indie quality its gameplay mechanics are fucking amazing like that's what i really liked about braid was that it was just as a game itself the mechanics were spot on and perfect uh and the same thing is true with limbo like it's so simplistic but so like in depth in it's like the way it presents uh obstacles to you like all you can do is run and jump and there's an action button for like pulling things or grabbing onto stuff um Mm -hmm. And you start out like very simple. You're running, you're jumping over small little pits, whatever. Um, you, you like the, the game is it's a, a big portion of it is the fact that it's very easy to die without realizing that like something was going to kill you. Like, like one of my first deaths was just falling into a pit of spikes. Uh, and like, I was like, Oh fuck, those are spikes. Cause the game is black. You know, it's like very black and gray and it's mainly built around silhouettes of stuff. So like, you don't really always know what you're looking at. Um, so you'll fall, and the first time you see spikes, and you know, okay, any short, short, any sharp, pointy black things are probably spikes, so I probably shouldn't touch those. Um, and not grass. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, then later on, I just died because, like, there's like, like the first time you step into a bear trap. Uh oh, spoilers. Uh, you don't <laughs> realize that there's bear traps in the game until one fucking closes on you and you die. And the deaths are pretty gruesome. Like the sound effects are like so like. I don't know, curdling or whatever. Like every time I would die and you'd hear like the, like the bones crunching or just a gush of blood or something mm. like it just, it would make me yeah, cringe. They're very, they're very visceral. And, and the fact that there is no music in the game, just like it, 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 it highlights to me that the, those sound effects even more. See, I think the music comes through the sound, like the background sounds, like the stuff of like the, like, the chirping in the woods or whatever, or like, like later on, like the game progresses from like a woodland to like an industrial area. And like, there's a lot of like mechanical sounds going on. And I think in a way that like, just those sounds are what make the sound. I mean, it's true. It's just what that is the soundtrack of the game, but it's not music though. Yeah. But it works in such a way that like, you don't notice the absence of music. Like, Oh no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Oh, it doesn't have music. That's bad. I'm saying that the lack of music Accent, uh, accentuates oh, yeah, no, I know. all the yeah. things like the, like your, the sound effects of the death and uh, those other ambient sounds that essentially make up the soundtrack, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like I was saying, it's just simplistic. And like, yeah, so then when you die, you like, well, uh, where was I? I'm trying to remember where I was. Oh, like, so, okay. So uh, I don't even remember what the fuck I was saying. You were it's talking about, you were talking about, uh, the bear trap and how it came out of nowhere and how the sound effects of the bear trap closing on. Yeah, you. but I was trying to remember because it was an original point before that. But either way, like, uh, well, you were talking about the design versus the uh, versus the gameplay. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. You forgot. 
Yeah, I totally okay. derailed myself. It's okay. But yes, the simplicity of it is excellent. Like, uh, you'll like, you'll die and you'll be like, okay, well, it's not like you have to think very hard to figure out how to solve that. It's like, okay, well, uh, you can jump over the bear trap or if there's like bear traps lined up, you can pull one away from the other. Um, and then like, you know, jump between them. Uh, and then just like these simple mechanics and these simple concepts will like, like really blow out later on in the game when you have like much bigger puzzles to solve and like at first i didn't even realize it was a like a a, i didn't realize it was more of like a puzzle platformer uh i thought it was just basically going to be a platformer until later on when it like really ramps up and the puzzle elements like almost overpower the platforming parts i don't want to get too far into it because like obviously you haven't finished it austin and al even played it but Mm -hmm. like some of the later like the ending like puzzle bits are like i feel incredible like it's a perfect i feel the game perfectly ramps up to a crescendo of like a like an epic puzzle type thing at the end for that game i mean it's not like super crazy hard or difficult to figure out it just works in context of everything you've done in the game Mm, it's like a combination i'm stuck right now um at this very like some of them become abstract some of the puzzles like um it's it's the it, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. I'll just kind of keep this as as uh, vague as possible. But I'm in the um I, I'm at the point where like this glowworm is is forcing me to go yeah in directions, that, and that's what I'm stuck on. That's when I gave up. I'm like fuck it, I'm going to sleep. It's really a matter of just looking at what happens like as it's happening, and it kind of gives you the idea of what to do. Like I again, I don't want to say anything because I don't spoil. If you really want help, like I'll like send it to you. Like no, if I, need, if I want help, I'm just gonna go on a game facts. But I, I mean. Like at at some point when it stops becoming fun, but I I seize what I, I seize. I see what's happening. Just don't know how to stop it, and I've tried very many methods. Man, I really want to like help in, you without include, giving stuff including away. including finally somehow making my guy just stand there without moving at all. And I thought, yeah, that was that's what thing. I thought. That's what I thought too yeah. was the was the solution, but it's not. It's a lot of stuff in this is uh it has to do with correct timing of different elements like um timing moving of one thing with the movement of something else that you have no control of uh so a lot of it does is timing and just like precision um the good thing about the game is that it has very good checkpointing so like you'll die a lot but you will like pretty much be right back where that puzzle starts um so like that's really good and like the game has no actual beginning like or endpoints for like throughout like like no checkpoint like no stage end. It is a simple progression from the start of the game to the end. Uh so that's why I wound up beating it so quick because like the first night I played for like just three kept hours. Going and going and yeah, going. like I was like I kept telling Des like, okay, as soon as this level's over, and then eventually after like the first hour and a half, I was like, I don't think there's actually an end to this level. Um so I just like played until I was like pretty much I couldn't I, I actually had gotten to a point where I couldn't solve the puzzle. So I put it away for the night, and the next day I went back and I figured stuff out. And uh, that, then that day I beat the game, which was yesterday. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's really good about that too. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's a I wouldn't I would not be remiss in saying that I think it's a perfect game. Um, not that it's like you know a like the best game ever, best game of all time, but in of itself for what it does, like there's nothing I would change about the game. That's good. I, I think, totally think it's worth the cost of admission too. <laughs> um, I uh, I wouldn't call it perfect, but again, I haven't been through the whole thing. Um, 
I think uh, I think it deserves so far. It definitely deserves all the accolade it's received, and I'm glad that I, you know, I'm glad that I got it. Um, obviously, this is not a this is not a call to arms for Aldi because budget is something different than preference. So that's not that's not what I'm saying. But um, I I do kind of sort of wish that it. I, I wish it was slightly less trial and error ish, because um, a lot of the things that people are saying about it. And a little bit of what I had encountered so far. What I've been trying to do is play through the game in a way to avoid dying. And I know that's how you play normal games and call me like you know a relic from the past or whatever. That's how I want to play games. I would. Um, I want to mention I, real quick. I'm sorry, I only got like a minute and a half left. Go ahead. I just want to say because you mentioned about the dying, like you're gonna end up having to go through the first your first playthrough with the trial and error thing. But the re- they want you to play through again afterwards. There's an achievement for getting through the game in one sitting with less than five deaths. Because like once you do know the game, then it's kind of like becomes like a challenge and just like trying to get through it without dying. Oh, I because- get that. I mean, I totally get what they were going for. It's just not my completely ideal way of playing a game. So like I, I went through a lot of some of the parts like avoiding all the deaths that normally would have caught people because I sat there and I thought about it and then I went and I was like, all right, here's what I need to do. And that's what I enjoy more about it. When it, when it almost forces you into like a trick death, I don't like those types of things. That's just me, but I, I don't, you know, like there's one where there's like a, a, a button that you think you have to avoid, but you actually have to avoid everything around the button and it kills you. And I'm just like, all right, I, I get that. It's a trick, but that, you know, I, I don't normally go for that. So, yeah. How many more seconds do you have left before 30 we seconds? Okay. Uh, uh, everyone loves dinosaurs.com, trygames.net, uh, 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 www.shark <laughs> twitter.com slash raven, facebook.com slash raven. <sighs> All right, for Pete. I love Limbo, and I think everyone should buy it. It sucks for Al. I only got through three of my 20 games that I've been playing. So, until next time, uh, we out. Right the fight! Right the fight! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.